0: Left. Right. Today, we're talking about inviting a date over for the first time. We're not talking about a first date. We're, and this is, again, from a dude's perspective. But we're, uh, we're talking about a dude inviting over a date, ideally cooking for her and presenting his best self um, under heavy judgment. So uh, listen on. Get our two dudes perspective. Let me know what you think. Let me know what we missed. And uh, if, we missed, if we missed the topic entirely, glad to hear that in the comments but as always i thank you guys for watching subscribing liking any interaction with the video i always appreciate so i'll see you guys on the other end and thanks for coming this is sip talk grab a drink and enjoy of course it's <laughs>
1: Cheers.
0: Cheers. Cheers. All right, we are live. We're back in the spotlight. This is SIP Talk. I am Justin DiGiulio in my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnian Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James is a philosopher, a professional referee uh bartender and most exciting of all an accountant James nice to have you i hear the I hear the beer snap open what yep, you uh, know what it is a bush bush ice yep I got my usual uh triple pour here of uh uh a bourbon tonight It's nice and ice cold too It was in the refrigerator, so i'm going to let that sit for a minute we have uh We have somewhat of an exciting episode i think uh it it might elicit some uh disagreement <laughs> coming from us mm-hmm. but i think i think it's a, a good idea for us to talk about some first date and, and hosting uh a date ideally not the first date but hosting a date in your own place from the mail perspective uh, i got a few other things kind of happening in the in the ether uh i thought i'd, I'd kind of rant on a little bit you uh you were telling me that the flight turned around on the way to uh london or something uh today or this week because yeah, I don't know
1: exactly when it was in the last day or two, but um, flight from Miami to London makes it a couple hundred miles off the coast, turns around because somebody on the plane refused to wear their mask. And all I can think about is if I was on that flight, how badly I would have wanted to murder that person.
0: But the plane must have turned around to punish that person. Correct. But they actually punished everyone else. This must have been like a total mental breakdown, though, that somebody wouldn't see for the greater good. You just fucking strap a mask across your face, get where you want to go.
1: Yeah, it's just nobody really likes doing it, but everybody else is what makes you special.
0: I mean, these mask rules are, you know, whatever. I, I, I I wear it just, you know, for the most part. When I'm in a, a public area, not out I don't wear it ever outside, uh unless also it's fucking freezing cold, which has been a couple of days I've worn it just for the sake of having the warmth in my face. But people, you know, come on. Is this is something we really gotta art. if you're in somebody else's space and they tell you to take your shoes off, you take your fucking shoes off. You're on somebody else's airplane, they tell you to wear the mask. It's not your fucking airplane, bro. Fucking <laughs> put the mask on. That's I, I you know, I' I don't like when wherever i go i typically don't wear it and 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 if nobody asks me to put it on i'm just a happy dude and and you know if i walk into like a store and they say hey because in, in new york and new jersey there's kind of different rules so in new jersey it's not a mandate so if i walk into a place in jersey they say nothing i'm fine typically i see a handful of other people not wearing masks and uh if they say something i take it out of my pocket and put it on my face it's you know it's their rules and and one of the things I noticed also about going into different places is it's really difficult to read every sign on the door now because a lot of places will have their doors will just be plastered with signs. So I just kind of wait for somebody to ask me to put it on. New York City, on the other hand, I usually just wear it into places just because. Um, anything else on this, uh, this flood? What airline was
1: it? Uh, don't know. Do we need the to I'm just thinking about how, well, for one, um, the airlines can probably go after that person for the cost of, like, the emergency landing and everything else. So this could cost that person, like, twenty to, like, $100,000, <laughs> which I hope they have to pay because, mm-hmm. like, they've inconvenienced 300 other people because they're super selfish.
0: It was probably, like, one of those temper tantrum Karen-type moments. Mm-hmm. Which, which is, I
1: have to just feel for the flight attendants and everything else because they've been putting up with this garbage for the last two years. And like, why, why are you fighting with these people? They, like, they're not going to have patience for your bullshit. They just aren't. Uh,
0: if, uh, okay, all right. So my question, I, I don't know if I asked this out louder. or I just thought it a second ago, but I, I was wondering if it was a first-class passenger or somebody else because I feel like it would more likely come from first-class and uh, I'm reading about it now. First Quest passenger who allegedly refused to wear a mask disrupted the London Bound. So London Bound, mm-hmm. American Airlines flight, Wednesday night, so last night, and prompted the pilot to turn back to Miami so the customer could be booted. Which I guess if the plane just kind of landed, kicked the, kicked the guy off the plane, and then they turned back around, got in the runway and left, you know, maybe a two or three hour total delay, ideally, if they played their cards right and then you know people who are flying should kind of be expected to have some delays so yeah but
1: it's that, one but... thing like if you've got crappy weather like a mechanical thing and you're just like well this isn't anybody's fault it just happens versus somebody who's on the plane the plane takes off and then they act like an asshole, and cause everybody to have to Go back around, and it's, and even in, let's say let's say they made it an hour into the flight, and they have to turn back. It's not just as simple as a two-hour delay, because now you've got to refuel the flight. You've probably got to go through the pre-flight checks again because you've landed, and there's probably FAA paperwork that needs to be filled out in terms of the change of the flight plan, and
0: it's a clusterfuck, though. Yeah, I mean it's, and it's it's one. And that person's
1: bags need to be come come off the airplane, and I'm not sure about this. But I think if one if one bag is removed from the airplane, all the bags have to be removed from the airplane.
0: That would be a silly rule, mate. But uh, that's just fucking terrible. But that's, I, I even just th- getting
1: one bag off the airplane, you have to pop open the cargo hold, you have to go find that bag, get it off, and like, that's that's ten or fifteen minutes right there. If you don't have to take any other bags off.
0: Yeah, but I but it's just the sense of entitlement, and that's, ah, well, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's interesting news. You know, I, uh, I, I've been telling you, I've been listening to news headlines to figure out, like, what is what's news? Like, what is something that I want to hear about when I turn on the news? And that's one that's kind of on the line. I'm like, oh, this is something that's funny and, and it's interesting. And I can Well, see I think this it's good be. to
1: draw attention to this and say, like, look, if you act like an asshole on an airplane, then you're the, the flight's going to get turned around. And you might be arrested when you get off the plane. And Rosh is asking, what if the captain got in trouble for making the decision? And the, for one, the captain's not going to get in trouble because this is an FAA regulation where, like, when, so I was in the airports a lot in the last two weeks. And, like, wearing a mask is federal law right, right now. So, not wearing a mask on an airplane is, under the federal law, pretty similar to pulling out a cigarette and lighting up in the cabin yeah like I'm that's not, how they treat it so the captain's he, not in any trouble he's got the law behind him
0: you hear about the uh issues with 5g affecting uh some some of the instruments on the planes now
1: yeah this is completely the airline's fault
0: what <laughs> and why is that
1: so when the airlines the airlines put in a bid to have to, like you've got the electromagnetic spectrum and there's only so many wavelengths within it right yeah so to have rights to use a certain part of the spectrum you have to pay um I'm pretty it's the probably the f c c that yeah, regulates that, that would be it um, and so you have to pay some amount of money to the f c c to have x y z to z y x bandwidth, so the airlines put in a bid for some amount of bandwidth, and there's also kind of buffer zones between the different bandwidths. So let's yeah. say, I think the one that the airlines use is 4,000 to 4,200. So, between 3,800 and 4,000, nobody's allowed to use. So that way there's no chance of an overlap. Okay. And so, the like, the nearest one, I th- and like, the 5G signal might be like 3,600 to 3,800. I'm probably getting the numbers wrong, but... It,
0: okay, like, but I'm, I'm following you. Yeah.
1: So, the instruments that the airlines use the ones that need to be updated the ones that are problematic are all old and so the airlines have known this has been coming for quite some time and have chosen not to update their instruments to the more modern ones that use a narrower bandwidth so really the airlines had plenty of time to prepare for this knew it was coming and dragged their heels on it and making it a big enough problem that they're hoping that they're going to be able to get somebody else to pay for this.
0: Well, they're trying, of, they're trying to ban uh, 5G supporting towers within a certain, within a certain radius around, around airports. Yeah.
1: Where, so they're trying, they're trying to basically make it so that the, the auction that they won is worth more than the auction that the 5G companies won because they're trying to restrict the ability of 5G companies to be able to use their bandwidth wherever they want. They're trying to make somebody else pay for the fact that they don't want to pay to update the instruments on their airplanes.
0: Yeah. It's
1: It's like if you had a car that had really bad shocks and suspension, and every once in a while going around a turn, you just lose traction. And if you're driving in a city, you might end up hitting a car. Like, You've got two choices. You can either take the car in and get it fixed, or you can tell everybody else on the street to just put pillows on their side doors. <laughs> and that's yeah. what the airline companies are trying to do. Is expecting like.
0: everybody else. No, it's their own issue. It's old. It's old equipment. It's got a. I'm guessing it, it can detect whatever the lower frequency is, and, and that interrupts. Uh, you know what it's supposed to be detecting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because when <laughs> the when the old equipment that was like 10 or 15 years old that was installed. Like, it didn't need to be in such a tight bandwidth because nobody else was using those other frequencies. Well, now they are.
0: Yeah, so actually, no, to me...
1: But if the that, airlines really wanted to keep the crappy equipment, then mm-hmm. they should have bought the lower frequencies, too. But they so to me,
0: to me, that sounds like interesting news. Now, that sounds like headline news to me. Um, but it's not. It's not. That's, a, that's an important one that we need to understand, you know, uh, these things, and... Uh, but... It's a slightly more complex topic that's difficult for the masses to understand. Um, I'm, I'm going I'll, to I'll give you, you my know, last. I'm
1: linking an, ex, an explanation from someone who's a pilot about this one.
0: Uh, well, we, we can talk. You're linking it. Yeah. We're, we're going to miss it in this article, but uh, in this article, in this, this cast. Um, but we've got to move on. I'm going to share with you the last, last headline news thing. Then we can get into some, some dating stuff here. Um, well, the topic of the podcast, hosting a date at home. But uh, the headline I heard when I arrived home, you know, when I get home, the radio goes on automatically to the news, so I kind of keep up to date with what's going on. But it said, uh, this is headline news. It said, uh, how much does a cop in New Jersey make? Well, accounting for side jobs and overtimes, the answer might surprise you.
1: Well, side jobs and overtimes aren't what they make.
0: Well, that's, but that's, so... And this is just a level of critical thinking that's not, that's not very deep here. And I'm thinking like, well, if you're going to give me the number that includes the side jobs and the overtime, if you told me how much does somebody at McDonald's make, you know, accounting for side jobs and massive amount of overtime, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you know, I think I probably would be surprised if, if, if you know, like. It, yeah, uh, that, I mean, you could might as well be able to
1: say like, Debbie volunteers at her church six hours a week. How much does she make? If you account for side jobs at overtime, well, she <laughs> makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. Everyone should volunteer at that church. You're making a hundred thousand dollars a year.
0: You'd really be surprised how much yeah. Debbie's making. I, I but, but, I, you know, I listen to these headlines, and now I just, I, I try to deconstruct every headline that I hear, and just think, is this newsworthy, and, and is this something just to get people. To like stay tuned in, I, you know, I kind of wanted to hear the figure, but I just said, "Fuck that!" Play some music, um, because you know, whatever. I, my point was, I got my point. <laughs> now I can share it with you, and all of you. Um. So, uh, so look, I wanna I wanna talk about uh about dating. You know, uh, I had my friend Chef Bruno over last weekend, and anybody who's watching us live now on online may have seen bruno cooking in my kitchen bruno's creating this app it's called my.itoprecipes.com and it's uh it's basically like a restaurant website builder and also something that can be used for sharing personal recipes so what he wanted to do was get some cooking videos so he could use that media to promote his project so we made uh we made a bunch of food and it had me thinking today i cooked uh I cooked some mussels. I know you're not a seafood guy. Mussels are incredibly easy to cook. It actually took like probably five minutes, and I am stuffed. I ate right before we came on air, and uh, I was thinking how easy mussels are to make and how impressive it is as uh, you know as a as a dish to serve someone because it seems very complex, and I just started thinking like you know when you have somebody over on a, on a date. Um, you know, the, the first, the first home date when, if you're a dude and you, you invite uh, a lady over to your house and say, you're going to cook some dinner, you know, we're going we're gonna to say this is like one step above the Netflix and order, order Grubhub and chill, right? Because you're the, the first home date is kind of you showcasing, you displaying your competence at, at being a, a civilized person. You're inviting somebody into your own space and you should be expecting a decent amount of judgment. Yeah, that's why they're coming over. <laughs> but but I think I think if you're not expecting a certain amount of judgment, then you don't really, you're not comprehending the significance of that first home date with someone. So you should be prepared to showcase your competence at at holding your own as an independent adult. Yeah, I think this
1: is very different than bringing someone back home from a bar with you.
0: Well, that's, so some of my, you know, I, I spent some time thinking on the topic, like, what is the significance of bringing someone home to your place, your house or your apartment for the first time? Now, if it's like a hookup thing, okay. But, I, but but before I got to even the hookup mindset, I was thinking, like, if you're going to invite someone over, especially, you know, if it's a female going to the, the guy's house, that's a bit scary, right? Like, there's some danger involved.
1: There's so, more danger involved for women in pretty much every step of the dating process.
0: Very true. Uh, I would agree
1: uh, at, at
0: many levels. But... Uh, but then I was thinking like, oh, you know, there's a certain danger aspect of it. But then there's also like the quick hookup one night stand thing. And, and that's, you know, and you don't really factor that in.
1: Yeah, you also don't factor those as dates.
0: <laughs> those usually don't factor as dates as well. So so the one night stand, you know, might at the time be perceived as a one night stand. You're not going in with that serious long term commitment type mindset. The first, The first home date is when you decide you want to let somebody a little closer to, to you, right? So you've, you've maybe been on, I would say, minimum two dates at a public place. I, you know, I think inviting, inviting somebody over to your place on a first date, especially if it's like internet dating and then you're like, Hey, come on over. I think that's a really risky move. I have a, I have a friend that, you know, does that quite a bit and it's, I think it's more hookup culture but I don't think it's breeding serious relationships from that. Would, would you agree? Um, I, I'm saying the first date at home, you've never met this person before, you're inviting them to, the, to your place.
1: That would not be my preferred strategy, but I can think of at least two times that I have done it, but at their place.
0: Ooh, even more dangerous. Well, actually, no, not not more dangerous. dangerous. No, less dangerous. Less dangerous
1: for me than it would be for them. Um, Like One was about a year ago. The other was like eight or nine years ago. But I think the one eight or nine years ago, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what that was.
0: (laughs) Well, it's... I. If a girl invites you over on a first date, and you've never met before it's like first date that's much more of a hookup i would imagine you know that that, because they're because they're already putting and and i'm sure women will disagree with me but i can tell you as a guy if we've never met in person before and you invite me to come over i would assume you're on the easier side um and i'm sure this will piss people off (laughs) but but that's just i'm sharing with you my my perspective and my opinion so It's just kind of what comes along with with inviting somebody you never met. Like you're quick to make decisions like that. And it is a more dangerous move for for the female there. Um, But I would say if you're a guy and you want to invite a girl over to your place, I would say minimum of two in-person dates.
1: I think that's a, a good number. Yeah. One to just establish whether or not you two get along two to make sure that the first one wasn't a fluke.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. And I'm you know I imagine the the audience I'm trying to direct this at is basically my early 20s self. Right? You know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of some things that I wish I had a different perspective on in in early 20s. And that's kind of how to prepare for a first date, you know, Bruno is a, an incredible chef. He makes everything look easy. But if you're having somebody over and you want to showcase that you are a full functioning adult, so you're early 20s, but you don't want to appear as somebody who's too much reliant on your parents, uh, you, want to, you want to show somebody that you have a livable space, a clean home, an organized home, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to have high end furniture and, and, and interior design, but it needs to be a, a decent looking place. It needs to be clean. It can't smell bad. Uh, and then because you're showcasing yourself, basically, and you're inviting judgment, you, you know, cooking helps there. So being able to cook a good meal is important. Have you, Chef you were, Boyardee. Now, have you have you cooked for first dates before
1: mm, one i think i I guess one as a first date yeah like well that was the one where I was invited over to her place. I'm not really sure if it was supposed to be a date or not. it kind of turned into one, but
0: so it means it means you didn't you didn't get laid it turned into a date i went over her place and then it turned into a date uh, she invited you over for a hookup and you didn't make the move so then it just turned into this kind of uh stalemate situation
1: well i yeah i really don't know how to (laughs) classify anything that happened between me and her even nine years later but yeah it was uh we we cooked at her place
0: well when I say first date actually i'm I'm moving forward i mean the first home date oh, well. oh yeah well th-
1: th- I think cooking a meal together as like the first time that you're going over to their place or they're coming over to yours it- is a really solid idea because it gives you both something to do
0: but so that's but so that's some of my thinking here uh so so no threat right up the bat, and I mentioned this before is cool not while they're there. Because yeah, that would be that would give you that would be awesome. That would give you something to do too. Hey, I didn't clean before you came, but Here's i brew I figure we could do some cleaning together as a bonding as a bonding experience. Once
1: we're done with that, can you do my taxes?
0: <laughs> um so uh, no you want to clean before uh before somebody shows up. You wanna you wanna have it appear organized. Not just clean but but also organized. Um and uh clutter is a, is a, is not good and then also bathrooms i think a lot of guys don't know how to clean a bathroom and and that's a real telltale so when you're trying to showcasing your adulthood and you're trying to you're trying to show a lady that you're you're an adult having a clean toilet i think is is important having kind of clean countertops in the bathroom um also very important
1: I will say that when it comes to clean countertops, women are much bigger offenders than men.
0: Yes, um, but I can tell you something that when a woman cleans... So if, if you live with a woman or you go to a woman's apartment or house, unsuspectingly, the bathroom, especially countertops, are just going to be covered in products. But if that woman cleans, you won't know that she owns any of those. Yeah,
1: yeah. but if I don't know. I've seen plenty of women's bathrooms and the majority of them have more products than I could ever imagine buying in my lifetime. Just out on deployment. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, but 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 for men,
1: like dude, keeping your toilet clean, not hard to do. Kind of. And it says a lot about you.
0: Yeah, no, but that's my point. Having a clean bathroom and, uh, and then smell. Also, you have to be cognizant of the odor in your place. So, uh, you know, lighting some candles at the very least. If the place is generally pretty spotless, you don't have to worry about that.
1: Well, really, the best like... strategy is to not shower about three days beforehand, so that way you overpower whatever's going on in your house. You,
0: know, you build up that natural, uh, that natural. what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Uh, Rosh asked, does cigar smoke count as a smell? The answer is yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't want cigar smell. I actually really dig cigar smell, but... Uh but it's not a good it's not a good home smell unfortunately i
1: would say the best smell that a a house can have is nothing
0: true true yeah not not having much on but then it's also when you're when so the kind of next step here is uh setting the mood right you want to have again if you're aiming for something a bit more romantic a bit more personal not having every light on having uh Maybe some lamps on, but not too, too bright. And then some candles are nice. I, I'm a big, big fan of candles. I like burning candles. I always actually keep some candles in pretty much every room. And uh, this one might be too dead, but
1: yeah, this one's dead. We've got uh, something. Vengeance, vengeance NS has a question, and we need to know what that question is.
0: All right, Vengeance. What's, what's your question about first dates? Uh, damn, I can't win with this candle. What the hell? Um, so, uh, It's Justin Taken. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Vengeance. Uh, sorry about that. So, candles I, I, are important.
1: I don't, I'm not a big fan of candles. But candles really
0: set the mood, my friend. Candles are nice, and they make the place smell nice, which is another major benefit. Damn, now I really want to get this candle lit. I'm, I'm bummed. Um,
1: I don't know. I just... Maybe because, like, it's not my identity, where, like, I don't have candles lit in my place at any time unless the power is out. (laughs) So, like, if I'm going to be dating this chick, and, like, the first time she comes over, I've got candles lit, and then, like, she comes over on subsequent times, like, now I either have to, like, not light, either light the candles every single time, which is not me, or explain to her why the candles are lit only once.
0: (laughs) I don't think you do. I one, I think you just you can get in the habit of, of, of inviting somebody over and lighting a candle. Um, you know, even if you just do it once, that's that's a good sign. You don't need to explain why you don't always always light candles.
1: No, then should should you buy rose petals before your first date over too then? Uh, that would
0: be nice, but uh, but I think I think there's and I think any woman would agree with me, Fuck man, why can't why would this candle light? um i think most women will agree with me that there's a big difference between laying the uh, rose petals across d- i just blew this thing out talking um laying rose petals across the bed and whatever else it's very suggestive also um and just having a candle lit i think the candle's nice little ambiance helps in the smell department and then uh a uh, little music also nice um you have any su- i don't know if i should be asking you. You've, music suggestions for uh, for a date there
1: my recommendation is instrumental music <laughs>
0: um no i was going to say something that's easier easier listening uh um, right
1: so you're following along with what i'm saying Then it's yeah, like instrumental yeah. music so that way like it, it's it's in the background and if it's something that you're familiar with you can talk about but is easily ignorable
0: yeah, you guys are getting you guys are getting the secret strategies here that J James and I have employed for uh a couple of decades.
1: Yeah, this is this is this is the steps beyond vodka and duct tape.
0: Um so look, the uh the music thing, you know, uh you know, you know Ed Sheeran, you know Ed Sheeran kind of a goofy uh English guy singer-songwriter. Uh, yeah,
1: never listened to him, but oh my god. So I uh
0: and listen to the amazon music all the time and they have it just kind of plays like top hits well ed sheeran was kind of my understanding his first album was like a lot about like loss and breakup and being sad and it was his first album so he probably wrote it over the course of you know high school middle school high school and maybe maybe uh, late teenage years and, and early 20s but it was kind of sad and sappy and and people liked it you know it, it made people kind of get in their in their feels right now, he's got this, this new music, and it's really poppy and almost, like, beachy-sounding, and it just makes me cringe listening to it. Picturing Ed Sheeran, which is just... Whenever I picture Ed Sheeran, I just kind of picture this, like, slouched-over, like, sad, sappy guy who's, who's really got a great perspective on being sad, <laughs> and he's singing this poppy, glitzy music, and it, I'm just like... I, I'm like, it's not... This isn't your music, man. What, what are you doing? would be like listening to Adele uh, sing some poppy music on the beach doing the Macarena with some orange lipstick on. Like, that's not Adele. Adele's a sad lady. And now she's extra sad. She's very hungry. You saw, <laughs> <laughs> saw Adele lost a lot of weight.
1: Uh, I, I don't care anything about what she does. But
0: you know who Adele is. You know her music. I know who sad. she is. You know, but her, if she know were to stop existing,
1: it wouldn't affect my life in any way. It's not saying I want her to be killed. I just would say that that she doesn't matter to me. Oh man.
0: Well, it's just my. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm a bit pissed on that Ed Sheeran because I would have. I would have said original Ed Sheeran music would have been some decent. Like. Uh,
1: no, you want you want music that is a distraction. Like, I think, like low-tempo electronic music's not bad. Like, ele- electronic music in general.
0: Welcome it, to my lounge.
1: <laughs> or, like, anything... I think anything instrumental is good.
0: Um, but yeah, e- easier music, easier music, and it shouldn't be too loud. Uh, oh, here's an old tip.
1: Um, well. is... Keep your place cold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... Uh, why so nobody gets too warm when you turn the oven on
1: no if you're gonna be watching a movie or something after eating then like she's going to be cold and want to get closer to you because you're warm a
0: temperature trick is it is a good one um uh, you really dish it out all the, all the secrets um no i actually like keeping a cooler home because it encourages you to like throw a blanket on throw a sweater on some slippers you can't do that shit you don't want to cuddle if the inside of your house is 78 degrees in the wintertime. Like that's not that's not nice. So you keep you keep the temperature uh you know, a cool uh what what temperature do you set your house to when, when it's cold outside?
1: Heat is set to sixty-nine.
0: Yeah, same thing here. Um, but sometimes I'll turn it down to sixty-seven when I really want to like walk around and be in the house with a sweater on or something, some slippers, because uh you know, I get too warm otherwise with those things on. Um but yeah, nice cool sixty-nine, sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty nine, the temperature department in the wintertime. And that will help you ensure some uh some nice snuggling later. Um and then uh let's see, candles, ambiance, lighting. So so this is what I was thinking of with, with Bruno, because this guy's got these recipes that are that are mastered. He you know, he he knows them so well. That it you know, when you're cooking something, it can't be a could be your first time cooking, because well, it depends on
1: how good of a cook you are.
0: Well, yeah, if you're I
1: mean, a good cook, then you probably have the skill to just like break out something that you've never tried before and know how to prepare it because you have the skills.
0: Sure, but we're not talking to presumable people graduating chef school or, or coming out of the the culinary institute. I assume we're talking. I'm I'm thinking I'm I'm talking to my 22 year old self. So I imagine somebody else in those. In those shoes needs to uh you know needs to have practiced a recipe a couple of times
1: yeah rosh says make polenta on the first date don't do that although he's in the right genre if you're on a first date make italian
0: Uh, and why do you say that
1: italian is the grand unifier of all foods it might not be every any anybody's favorite food some people it is but it even if it's not your favorite food I've yet to meet a single person that says, I hate Italian. I just can't eat it. Mm, So uh, it's, if you pick Italian food to make for a first date, you cannot fail. If you try and do something weird or esoteric, like maybe you win big, but it also could be like, yeah, like don't make muscles on your first date. If I go over to some (laughs) chick's place and you're like, yeah, we're going to be making muscles tonight. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go home. (laughs) Um,
0: <laughs> well, so the, the other one I had was know your audience, right? Like you're not going to cook fish for somebody who doesn't like fish. You're not going to cook steak for somebody who, who's not a big red meat person. Um, and, and then also just dumping a pack of spaghetti into a pot of boiling water is, is really kind of lame. You know, It's one thing right, if, if, uh, if you're like making – That's, if, if that's you're one doing part ex- of it
1: like if, you, yes, you're, if, if you're, you're making have, the sauce if you're doing like if you're cooking some meat to go along with it there's lots of other things that go into italian than just buying a, a can of ragu and dumping like some spaghetti noodles into a pot well yeah you, even you, if you could, do that you can buy some bread and make some garlic bread like you can there's there's some way to show some panache or flair even if you can't cur, cook to save your life
0: yeah i, I always like a nice nice loaf of bread with uh like some olive oil or dipping sauce or something toast the bread up a little bit, um, but the...
1: Uh, Rush says bruschetta, which is a good idea.
0: Yeah, that's easy. That's easy.
1: Um, it's really tasty.
0: Yeah, but again, pra- the, pr- the practicing part is the important part. I told you I made those muscles tonight. You said you're not a fan of muscles. Fine. Again, know your audience, but I found them today to be super easy. It took me literally five minutes, which I was, I was, I've made them a handful of times before, so...
1: Muscles would take me less than five minutes. Removed <laughs> from package, placed directly in trash. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, but whether it's, it's chicken or it's some type of meat or whatever, just uh, it's got to have a bit of style to it. Again, you you, you pop open the, the can of ragu and you throw the, the angel hair pasta into some boiling water. That doesn't count. That it's very uh, very. Although simple. you
1: know what. At 22, that might be good enough. Uh,
0: no, I don't. I, I, that's why, that's why I'm directing this to somebody who is 22 years old. At 22, that is good enough. And you're showing that you, you know the bare basics that you like, have. No yeah, idea you're not you're setting you're the world decisions. on
1: fire with your skills. Yeah, but, but you're at least trying.
0: But you're not trying is my point. You open a, a bottle, a jar of spaghetti sauce, and you dump some angelaire. That's not trying. It may be good enough, but, but good enough is What if is they were smart enough to, to
1: buy a bottle of Yellowtail? <laughs>
0: um, oh, so on that note, on the drink note, um, you you. So my thinking was cocktails, beer, or wine. Um, it you know you want to know again. You want to know the audience. So if if you know your audience is a wine drinker, have a nice bottle. It Doesn't have to be a fifty dollar or a one hundred and eighty dollar bottle of wine. It could be a fourteen-dollar bottle of wine, but have a don't have a liter bottle of yellow down there. I was um, thinking
1: box uh, Franzia. Yeah,
0: that's that's sending the same signal as the uh, liter bottle. You want You want to amp up a boxed wine? Decant it, and then you, and then you're golden. And then you just toss the box. No, you know you keep your wine in the decanter. Obviously, you're not going to keep it for very long. But how long is 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 a box of wine lasting it probably longer for you than for me, but
1: well, a box of wine's three liters. That's four bottles. Um...
0: Yeah, that that is. Uh... <laughs> I don't really want to get into how much wine I consume in a single sitting, but I, you know, I, I could take down two two bottles of wine uh, in an evening pretty easily. So... so I would say
1: wine is going to be your safest choice cocktails are going to be your highest success but you need to know what you're doing
0: well so on and it requires
1: preparation because you need to have the ingredients
0: so but on that note you don't want to be getting very drunk because that's uh
1: that doesn't track with any of my experiences
0: it it's it's kind of taking advantage slash territory in that sense like I mean, obviously, if you get—I drink too much all the time, so it's not my motive. (laughs) uh, It's—it's—I guess it's in my genetics, but—but no, you don't—you don't want to drink too, too much. You want to—you want to kind of temper your alcohol intake. And if you're making cocktails, one, you have to have the experience of making cocktails, and a rum and coke, or uh, you know, a a whiskey and coke, doesn't fly. It's not
1: a cocktail.
0: It's not a cocktail. uh, It's—it's a highball. but not not a true cocktail so you want to have if you, you can do a you can do a rum and coke if you squeeze in some lime and maybe a dash of bitters and now you've got now you got a real drink
1: that's still no if you want if you want a simple drink that's easy to make and will impress your date go with the french 75
0: uh, what did I, what did I, I saw that in a tv show or movie or something recently and they're like what are you somebody's grandmother <laughs> and he's like, no, this is an all time classic. You don't it, know. And, well, and right, it's am an classic. But I'm yeah, but it, in the same in the same breath. It's like you are somebody's grandmother. Like just what the fuck is it? But I know what it is. I just understood right. the French seventy
1: five. Um classic recipe is gin and lemon juice shaken over rocks, served up and then topped with champagne. I like adding a little bit of triple sec. Um it sweetens it up and it smooths it out. But I usually do like an ounce to an ounce and a half of gin, maybe like a half ounce or so of lemon juice, a half ounce of triple sec. um, Shake that up, strain it into like a martini glass, and then top off the glass with champagne. Chicks love champagne. And this is just a better looking and better tasting version of champagne.
0: Oh, any champagne cocktail is a total winner. Um, But again, you you got to know your audience. a tip that I that I, I had thought of when I was thinking this, this episode out is ask early on when you're dating somebody first or second date what their favorite cocktail is, and then when you're in a position where you can host them, prepare that cocktail for them or have that drink for them. That's always a nice one. Uh, now, maybe not their... So don't ask their favorite meal to eat or their favorite recipe because then you make it and you have a very high probability of screwing it up or not landing spot on the money for... What their thought of that meal is, if somebody tells you they yeah. like meatballs,
1: it's, it's much eat. better to say like, "What kind of food do you want?" And then just like, go from there. But that's why, like, I don't even ask. i will just like, "All right, we're making Italian." Nobody complains but, about Italian.
0: No, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say, "What do you? What kind of food do you want?" I would just, I would say, "What? What are things you don't want?" And then it's really on you. But you don't want. It should be a bit of a surprise. It's got to have a bit of flair, which is why you can't crack open that jar of pasta sauce. Uh, so I want to share uh, what Bruno made on Sunday when we were live uh, and sharing what he was cooking because, uh, because there were some pretty simple meals, pretty simple recipes. He whipped them up pretty quick. He actually made, he made like five different total full meals and uh just one after by the end of the afternoon i had to sit down i was like dude my back hurts like like i under i'm I'm no professional chef like i sit at a desk most of the day like uh you know i can't keep up with you so uh so first first thing he did was he talked about uh did i i told you this the other night about freezing food he can't we uh i had bought like 45 pounds of meat that morning at the grocery store and because uh, he said look just have the basics and i'll make something out of the food that you have so i was like Fuck, I, you know i want to have options even though he ended up bringing food but now i have 45 pounds of frozen meat so to freeze the meat he wrapped everything up in meal portion separately and then he spaced them in different places in the freezer because you want your meat to freeze quickly the slower meat freezes the uh, the bigger crystal, the ice crystals are the crystals inside with inside the meat the, from the moisture get larger and uh, and that breaks down the the meat and then uh, when it melts you have a lot more of uh, the juices from inside the meat leak out of the meat uh, so you want you want to freeze your meat as quickly as possible um, so he but he, he wrapped everything in Meal portion size and he spaced it around the freezer. So that was cool. But then he, uh, and then he started preparing this pork rib and sausage, uh, almost like a, a stew sort of in a red sauce. So he, he fried up some pork ribs and some sausage just to brown them. Then he threw in some onions and some carrots. And then he threw in some crushed tomatoes and let that simmer for like an hour and a half while he was doing some other stuff, making some other meals. And then he came back and he made some polenta, which we talked about the other day. Polenta uh, was surprisingly easy. I think it would take some practice to get it right. Um, And then what he did, and this was, so if you could practice this two or three times and then make it for a date, you would kick ass with this. The polenta, he he put on a cutting board, small cutting board, and then he made a bowl, a little trough inside the polenta, and he scooped the red sauce with the pork rib and and some sausage onto the polenta. And it was just this badass badass meal. It was really. See,
1: really I enjoyed. think a polenta is grandma food.
0: <laughs> well, if you don't have any
1: teeth. Yeah, um, if we're talking about like the French 75 being something your grandma likes, she likes it with polenta. Um, how
0: I'm gonna. How would you describe polenta? Not the way that no. Actually, let me let me look up the, the definition of it because I know what you're going to say because we we both shared an opinion about kind of what it reminded us of. Polenta is a dish of boiled cornmeal that was historically made from grains and it comes from Italy. Uh, it's to be served as a hot porridge, but as but it actually kind of like hardens up and holds its form. So you and I. So what we said the other day was it reminded us
1: of grits. Yeah, I, I prefer grits.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but no, it, it kind of hardens up a little bit, and it's still soft, but it, it holds its form, which is nice, which is why he laid it out on a wooden cutting board, made a little trough in it with a spoon, and then put the red sauce and some rib meat and, uh, and the sausage that have been cooking for like 90 minutes, and it was phenomenal and, uh, and very, very cool, very cool. Um, so that was one meal. Uh, the other meal that he made was, you're not a fish fan, but he breaded some haddock and then he fried it up and he also grilled, grilled up some of the haddock and that was super simple. just kind of battered it in, uh, in some flour, threw down some peanut oil and fried it in the peanut oil and, uh, pulled it out and, and that was nice. And, uh, and then, uh. He made a carbonara. You familiar with carbonara?
1: Um, vaguely.
0: So, carbonara, he had some nice, nice spaghetti, some nice thick spaghetti, and he, uh, he shredded up some Pecorino Romano cheese and he put, uh, he mashed that up, mixed it up with some egg yolks, and then he, uh, boiled the pasta and browned some cured, cured, uh, bacon, basically. He browned that up and then, uh, He threw the Pecorino Romano with the egg whites in with the bacon. There was a little grease there from the bacon. And then uh, made a bit of a sauce out of that with some of the pasta water, which had a bit of the starch from the pasta. And then just grabbed the pasta with tongs. Didn't drain the pasta water. Grabbed the pasta with tongs, stuck it in there, mixed it up with the Pecorino and the egg yolks and um, and the cured bacon. And it created this nice sauce. A little extra moisture from the the wet pasta um, because that pasta water, um, you know, was pretty thick with the starches from the pasta. It made a really nice sauce. And a lot of restaurants will add, like, heavy cream or something into it. This didn't have any heavy cream. Really nice. And that took probably – it took as long as it took the water to boil.
1: So that's, what, like, one trick that I found I really like doing this is, any, like, after you have boiled your pasta, like, pan-frying the pasta afterwards is really cool.
0: Well, yeah, you cook the pasta in with the sauce a little bit, and then the pasta absorbs some of the sauce and gets a really nice flavor.
1: And it also takes some of the – it firms up the pasta and takes some of the moisture out of the pasta.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Which is, so, is also good.
0: So, but the point that I was making 10 minutes ago with not having a basic meal – both of these meals are super impressive to watch being cooked, and they're super simple once you've done it two or three times. It was, it was super simple to cook. I've made a carbonara. Yeah, like if you haven't
1: work. done any of these before, you got a first date. You should do a dry run a day or two beforehand.
0: Well, that's yeah, that's my point. So you know, when you're talk, you're like, oh well, popping the popping the jar of pasta sauce and and putting it over some some angel hair should be good enough. And that's my point is that. It shouldn't be good enough, in the sense that with a practice run or two, you could master something that looks badass. And then, you know, with the carbonara, he cracked some black pepper over the top, like, you know, a. It looked like a a, a pasta dish that you pay twenty eight bucks for in a in a restaurant, which is you know, it's a nice uh nice looking meal. And uh, what else did he make here? Oh, and then he had a little appetizer. He had uh, a block of ricotta cheese. You, know, you get ricotta in a tub and it's kind of moist. This is a a firm block of of ricotta cheese with some with a sliced pear. And that was the appetizer.
1: Hmm. So. Um you, you know what? Here's something that we haven't talked about, but I think is important. Um how do you introduce if you're dating somebody, how do you introduce the idea of doing the entire date at your place? How do you bring that up? How do you sell it?
0: So, if you're on the date and you suggest going back to your place, it's That's implied. different. It's I'm implied. Sorry. No, I know. It's in- implied you're trying to get laid. Now, what you're saying is suggest that the date takes place in your, in your place. Um, that's a good one. Uh, and because, again, we're trying to take this one step up from, hey, want to Netflix and chill. Which, you know, if it's dinner time, it's gonna be Netflix, order some seamless or Grubhub or, or DoorDash and then chill. And that's again, when you're inviting somebody over to your place for the first time, you're showcasing your ability to, to adult, right? And cooking something is nice. So you wanna you wanna invite this person over, let them know that you're going a bit out of your way to create an experience for them and do something nice for them, right? Like, that's the idea.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that there's universal agreement here that, like, the first date at your place, you should be cooking something. It's just an all-around winner Ooh. of an idea. The only thing that can go wrong with it is if you fuck up the dish.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that is that has happened to me before. Uh, not on not on first date, but... I Or it I, turns I, out
1: that they have a food allergy that they weren't aware of.
0: Ooh, that could be... That's a fun one. That could be bad. Uh, now, one time, it wasn't a first date, but I was cooking something, and uh, I got so fucking mad. And the thing is, it can take... I just kept trying to do it over and over again, and the hours were just fucking ticking by. I was obviously hangry as fuck because I hadn't eaten, and uh, I, I just got... I ended up throwing the the ball of uh, pasta dough that I was working on across the room and, and don't poured, make
1: pasta from scratch on a first date, you will have a bad time
0: and poured uh, and poured some box spaghetti into a into a uh, what do you call it so um, Doing
1: pasta from scratch is difficult
0: it's not once you've done it a few times it's really not i' that's, uh, that's something that i've learned making the pasta from scratch once again this is why you need to know that you can do it smoothly
1: well that's what Uh, i'm saying is if you've never done it before if you've practiced it sure but if you just look at the recipe and say oh i I can follow those steps it's not going to turn out well
0: no yeah the first time recipes unless you are an experienced chef experienced cook it's not gonna it's not gonna work well that's what i mean by it yeah so know your recipes uh make sure Make sure you have a nice drink selection. You don't have to have a cocktail bar where there's there's you know twelve cocktail options. It could be I one. cocktail. You do, but you don't. What I'm <laughs> saying is, somebody who's 22 years old doesn't. <laughs> That's why have I to.
1: bought the house.
0: And uh, yeah, your house came with a nice bar. I'm about to I'm about to start construction on my basement bar. Uh, I That'd actually Big cool mirrors. I just missed a. An old pharmacy. So I guess some old school pharmacy closed down, or what, I don't know what happened. But there was this old school double door, like the door that opens in the middle, like in the the top of the door will open or the bottom of the door can open. I don't know what they call, it, like a farmhouse door or something. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Dutch door. Or it's or something? a door that's
1: in two pieces.
0: Yeah, it's like the Dutch door or something. Not like a cowboy saloon door, although that would be better. No,
1: I know what you're talking about. It's, it's here's the door, and like. Both parts can swing open, or you can have just like the top part.
0: I think it might open. be called double hung door. Uh, I don't know.
1: It's, but... it's really handy if, you, if you're dating a midget. <laughs>
0: um, so, But it was, it was from an old pharmacy, and it said in this nice uh, glass RX on it, and I was going to get that and, and replace the door into the, into the bar area in the basement. But unfortunately, and I kept asking this woman over and over again, I'm like just – she didn't even put a price. She just said best offer. So I offered 100 bucks, and she said, I already have an offer. I was like, oh, well, just let me know. Let me know what it is. I'm interested. I can come over this afternoon and pick it up. She didn't get back to me. So I messaged her again. I was like, hey, is it still available? If so, I'm interested. And she said, hey, well, I have somebody else who's already interested, said they're coming. And I just followed up and followed up. And then she, and she's like, no, I'm sorry. I sold it. So, chances are
1: you were outbid and she just didn't know how to tell you that.
0: But I was, well, in our conversation, I was like, just let me know what you need. Um, but she didn't She didn't play a, a very good job at upping the bid. You know, she could have said, hey, you know, I, I got somebody that offered me 250 bucks. If you can top it, it's yours. She didn't say that. So, um, who knows? Who knows? Maybe because I have a mustache. She didn't like me.
1: I think it's because she got one offer and she's like, cool, I'll take that. And it already promised to somebody else. And then she got other offers and didn't know what to do.
0: That's it, that. That's possible, but... Um, she's not a very cutthroat, you know, at the art of auction here. Um, but uh, what else? Am I missing anything? For those of you guys who are watching live, James Rosh am I missing anything on, on the first date ideas or the first home date? And again, you want to make sure. Oh, here's a oh, great one. So, so your question, your question was, how do you invite somebody over well, for let that? Me, let that me day.
1: before we get to that. Let me just throw right. one other tip. Have a new in its package toothbrush. Well,
0: that's very presumptuous.
1: Well, it's you don't need to have it laid out anywhere, but like the chances that like they forget to bring a toothbrush with them are pretty high, and if you have a new in package toothbrush, be like, I got something for you. Like it's it's it it means that they're going to feel more comfortable going to sleep or when they wake up the next morning, being able to have a clean mouth
0: good question so is it costs
1: you two dollars
0: is that well also if you're if you're showing that you're a an adult you should have multiple toothbrushes kind of in backup right you shouldn't you shouldn't exist on kind of the one toothbrush and then and then when that one's a dud you're just like fuck what i you know i go two days without brushing my teeth or something uh and then you go to cvs and get another one you should have some backups but but so well, I've got an
1: electric point. toothbrush, so it's not like I could just easily have a backup. But I have. Well,
0: you could just say, "Here, you can use this. I'll use my finger." That's. <laughs> uh, but the, so, actually, a good question is: uh, is is, is, it, is it assumed it's a sleepover date? I would, I would. So my thinking is, I probably wouldn't extend the sleepover. I would just say, "Hey, you know, you'd like to come over for me to cook?" And see what the other person does. Do they? Yeah, you don't. You don't. Day?
1: You don't state anything you but it's be prepared for all eventualities. Uh,
0: and a comment here saying uh, also a good idea to have some condoms in stash yes, obviously you don't want to transmit coronavirus and I uh, hear you can get coronavirus through sex so but mm, your yeah. back, back to your question was how back do to you how get, we
1: started things off wear a mask
0: how do you how do you invite somebody over for for a dinner date and
1: I don't uh, have a good answer for that. I want to know. What I would just
0: say I, I'd like to invite you over uh, for dinner. Would you be comfortable with that? And,
1: yeah, it might be as simple as like, hey, instead of going to a restaurant or whatever, what if we were to cook something together and then watch a movie in my place?
0: But it might be uncomfortable to invite somebody over. I find in in most uncomfortable situations, acknowledging the existence of some discomfort helps, which is why I would phrase that as, I'd like to invite you over for dinner. Would you be comfortable with that? Under, you know I, I, but i just i think it's a good way to address potential discomfort is to address it rather than just try to be cool and and you know outsmart it or something
1: uh, i disagree i say just throw it out there and let them answer
0: um
1: <laughs> and and rock says plastic bag I'm like i'm thinking more like paper bags uh,
0: um
1: brown uh, yeah. paper bags go a long way in the bedroom
0: um all right, so that's it. Uh,
1: <laughs> and keep your socks on.
0: <laughs> keep your socks on. Eat polenta in bed. Uh, that's that's uh,
1: No, that's the worst idea.
0: So, oh, man. What, uh, so, look, I got all this video. So if you guys are watching Sip Talk, you can check out these uh, chef secrets with Chef Bruno on my YouTube channel. I got one out there where he's freezing the meat. He gives you a lot of cool tips, tells a bit about his, his personal story and how he ended up being a professional chef and, ending up in America. Uh, and I got some more recipes coming out, so you'll, you'll learn how to cook from Chef Bruno. And there's also a ton of great YouTube videos on cooking. Uh, but point is, if you're watching this Sip Talk episode, check out uh, on YouTube, Chef Secrets with Chef Bruno. There's some more stuff in the works. I was up late last night, editing this video for, uh, for the next version. And that's the, uh, the pork sausage and ribs in the, uh, in the red sauce. On the polenta, which was a badass dish. It looked cool. I took a bunch of pictures, and I'll make sure that gets on YouTube, too. James, what do you got going on?
1: I was hoping to be able to get a bike ride or some golf in this weekend, but the weather's going to be terrible. Uh, so, mm-hmm. probably, it's, it's tax season now, so I'm going to be putting on the, the green visor a lot in the next couple weeks.
0: Uh, you have an accountant's light, that light with the, the green dome?
1: No, but you can see in the background, um, right here where I'm pointing, get yeah. the accountant's visor.
0: I see the. It's a green visor.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah I see the visor. You got to get one of those green, green shaded lights with the little pull down, the beaded pull down. Uh, that would be cool too, and uh, maybe you could buy a bunch of fake coins like Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. Uh, but on that note, I think uh, I think we gotta we got to cut. So, thank you guys for joining. Thank you, Raj, for feeding us the live comments. And we will see you guys next time. Adios.
1: Laters. See ya.
0: Alright, that's the end of this episode. Thank you for joining. I will see you guys next time. Uh, and as always, I greatly appreciate you uh, you being here and you interacting with this podcast. It helps us big time. and We enjoy doing it and uh, we enjoy uh, your comments and uh, your criticism too. So, uh, see you guys next time.
1: I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.